Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. We're not going to waste any time. Let's get right into it. Old Miss wins 61. Could have been 80, 90. 101. Whatever lane wanted, it could have been to 21 over two lane. I'm Michael Borky. He's Stephen Gagliano. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Rebel Report. That's what we're talking about today. Old Mrs. Win over two lane. Like we said last week, guys, like we said, Old Miss is better than two lane. They were better, significantly better than two lane. And this iteration of Old Miss football is not like the ones of the past. And you clearly saw that. On Saturday night. So much to get to. So much to get to. I do want to start with a shout out though. It was a monsoon. It was a two hour rain delay. Well, hour and 45 minutes, whatever. And when the game started, it's still monsooning out. So some of you waited two hours. Some of you waited two hours still like at your seat in the stadium for some crazy reason. Yeah, you know Um, it's covered in the concourse, right? Some people waited in the concourses, and I'm not shaming those who didn't do this because I understand completely why you did not. But if you were one of those people that went to the game, sat in the rain, under the concourse at your bleacher, or maybe under your tent until the game started, and went to the game and saw it to the end, you deserve credit and a free beer for the <laughs> Arkansas game. Keith Carter needs to make that happen. That was really cool to see. I I, I was disappointed because it felt like that was going to be a really good crowd if the weather cooperated. It did not. But those of you that stayed, shout out to you guys. That was cool to see because I wouldn't have stuck it out. There's no shot I would have <laughs> stuck it out. You guys are the real ones, and you deserve credit because that's commitment right there to a level that I I don't understand. But I'm, I'm you guys deserve a ton of credit, and that was cool to see. And I know the players appreciated that. Really cool to see Lane Kiffin even acknowledge it during the rain delay. Yeah. Saying, you know, hey, I see you guys out there. You're partying with the DJ. You're having fun. You know, stick around. Hopefully the game starts soon. Him and Plumley, I think, were together in the message. Yeah. That kind of stuff matters when you're building a program, when Lane Kiffin's name is mentioned in every freaking coaching search out there because he will get calls. So it's it makes a difference. When you see that kind of fan support, Mm -hmm. especially for a game that, you know, a lot of people didn't expect to necessarily be close Uh, for for fans to stick around like that, I think is huge. Yep, there should be a way to if you can prove that you were in the stadium during all that, you should be able to show it to like the beer vendors next week or for the next home game and get something for free. I put on Twitter that the students that stayed need to get a discount on winter session. There you go. That's Something fair. like that. Just knock some money off winter session or like, uh, here's an idea. I don't know if anybody in the athletic department listens to this or not. I know they used to. I don't know if they do anymore. I don't know. Once I got on here, they probably stopped. But if you do, here's an idea. And I, I, it's probably too late. This is what you should have done on game day. But you should have scanned the their IDs or, or whatever it was. And honestly, you could probably just do it with the ones that actually scanned in. I wonder if that data is actually saved or not. Either way, and save their seats for the Arkansas game. Give them early access or whatever to the stadium and let them sit wherever they want 
before any other students allowed to come in for the Arkansas game. Save their idea. seats, essentially. The, the ones that stuck it out deserve to sit front row for the Arkansas game, and you find a way to make that happen. I think they can do it. You should find a way, because those kids deserve it. And every fan that was there that stayed deserves something. I don't know what, <laughs> but they deserve something, because that took a level of commitment that... Uh, that you need. Yeah. You really Not need. Not a lot of college kids have that. No. So that, that's a very unique thing that I think students decided to do on Saturday. Speaking of unique things that an Ole Miss student decided to do, Matt Corral, a record breaker. We'll talk about that. The defense, by the way, uh, just zero, just zero second half points to a Tulane offense that I mean, gave Oklahoma a scare. A lot of people think that was going to be a challenge. It was a challenge, and they rose to the occasion. A whole lot to talk about with this game, but first I want to remind you of the podcast. Brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. Check them out. If you are a company or you make decisions at your company anywhere in the state of Mississippi and you're looking for office technology, things like copiers and printers and mail machines, all the way down to cloud storage and data security and uh, voiceover phones, office technology. If you're in the market, ABSMS.com is the website. Tell them we sent you and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So uh, you can... Let them know what you need and what your budget is, and they'll work with you and give them a shout. Tell them we sent you. Also, tell LBs we sent you, just across from Kroger on University Avenue. The first day of of fall is Tuesday or Wednesday, I think, of this week. Uh, It's finally officially fall, according to whoever sets that this week. Do they do that like the weather Weather Channel, the Weather Service. Who yeah, does that? I don't know who actually does that, but the fall Mayan officially begins at, at some point this week is when <laughs> the first day of fall is actually here. I think it's tomorrow. Either way, beautiful weather coming in Oxford. Mid uh, to upper 70s and sunny for the next 10 days after a bit of rain tomorrow. So get something to put on the grill. This is perfect grilling weather and get that started at LB's or they can do the cooking for you. Just tell them uh, we sent you as well. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, all that good stuff. So tell Greg and the good people there that we sent you. And let's talk football. Ole Miss 61, Tulane 21. Just overarching thought about the game itself. So, admittedly, before the game, we never made a score prediction on here. I did in my group message, and I said 35-24. I was dead wrong. Based on the fact You're crazy that, thinking this offense is going to get held to 35 points. And that's the thing. Watching this offense is literally like watching somebody play the old NCAA football game yeah. before it went away. Thank God it's coming back soon. But it is incredible to watch this unit work and to watch Matt Corral play the position. And he does it effortlessly, and Saturday night he did it flawlessly. 23 of 31, and a lot of those incompletions were because of a wet football and wet hands. I mean, what was crazy about this game is, especially in the first quarter and a half or so, it was still raining like hell. And the field did a great job of draining. The second half played like a regular football game. But the field was soaked and drenched. And you could clearly tell that the first few throws from Corral were... I don't want to say babying them. is That's not the right word, but he was much more cautious throwing right. the football. Like he wasn't he, letting it rip. Right. It, it was just like, okay, i got to make sure I actually throw the ball, you know, because it was so wet and so soaked. And, and there was some drops that probably would not have been drops had it not been wet. Just accurate throwing footballs that just went through hands. 
there was a receiver slipped at one point. I mean, it was just it was a saturated mess. And in the first half, the first quarter and a half, really, Ole Miss could not do what they wanted to do offensively, and yet they still scored at will. I mean, <laughs> that's just the uniqueness of this offense. So Corral, 23 of 31 for 335. That is 11 yards per attempt in the game. Three touchdowns through the air. He also added 68 on the ground because we don't do sack-adjusted yards in college because it's stupid. But anyway, uh, 68 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. He's the first quarterback in the history of the Southeastern Conference, the second quarterback ever in college football history to have three passing touchdowns and four rushing touchdowns in a game. And it's a unique stat, but think about the dual-threat quarterbacks that have played in the SEC forever. I mean, we're not just talking Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel here. I mean, Archie Manning was a dual-threat quarterback (laughs) back in the day. He never did anything like this. First SEC quarterback ever. Ever. Tim Tebow never did Tim it. Tim Tebow didn't do it. Dak Prescott didn't do it. The number of Heisman Trophy winners of the dual threat variety in the SEC, none of them did what Matt Corral did on Saturday night. And, and the easy response is, well, well, it's Tulane. Cam Newton played four non-conference games. Tim Tebow played four non-conference <laughs> games a year. So did Dak Prescott. So did Johnny Manziel. All these guys played two lanes at some point. None of them did this. It's just another again, night. in a monsoon. In a monsoon, another night where Matt Crowell's special. Just special. Yep. And in, what, three quarters-ish? Oh, yeah. They could have put, okay, Ole Miss could have put up 100 on the scoreboard. Yeah. They, they could have. If they if, wanted to, they could have. I think Knox could have been calling plays in the second <laughs> half down there on the sidelines, and everything was working for that offense. And it's crazy when you look at Matt Corral's consistency so far this season. We He, he obviously hasn't thrown an interception yet, uh, but his games this season, 22 completions against Louisville, 21 against Austin P, 23 against Tulane. His, you know, the number of completions has been the same, the completion percentage Around 70% against Louisville, 64% against Austin P, and then 75% against Tulane. And that's with raindrops as yep. well. To, yeah, sa- or, uh, drop passes, receivers slipping early. It all factors in, yet he still is able to put up these kind of video game numbers. And seeing him do it on the ground, his legs, once you get into SEC play, are going to be so vital to this offense, which is, it sounds... Crazy to say because they have such talented running backs, but I think him running the ball makes all the difference in the world. Oh, yeah. And Kiffin said after the game, for whatever it's worth, they're not trying to run him as much as they have in these games that they have in control. That's just the read. You know, you're not going to tell your quarterback, don't follow your reads. You want him to run the play in the system. It just ends crashing down, so he's pulling the football because that's what the read tells you to do. Uh, Defenses just are not... Uh, maintaining their integrity because, like you said, they're running the football so damn well that they're so afraid of Ely or Snoop or Parrish, who all beat up Tulane uh, on Saturday night. But defenses are so, are so afraid of those guys now, they're going to have to start accounting for Corral. And so once they start accounting for Corral, those guys are going to have easier <laughs> running lanes, and then the defense is going to have to creep up, and then boom, you beat them over the top. This offense is just, it's a pick your poison. There is... The offensive line we talked about, they need to be better. They're going to get really tested here in in about 12 days from right now. But as far as what they are able to do, throwing the football, running the football, all that stuff, there is no weakness as far as weapons and what they can do. I also want to give a shout-out to somebody 
Uh, Dead River Captain on Twitter. It's an interesting name. <laughs> um, he is a, a loyal listener of the podcast. And I said something that I've said a thousand times. I, I get repetitive. I said on Twitter, I don't think we really appreciate enough how talented Matt Corral really is. And here's what he said in reply. I think you should have more. I think you have more than made up for our shortcomings on that the past six months. It's almost embarrassing sometimes on the pod. We get it. So, Dead River Captain, I don't think we appreciate enough how talented Matt Corral really is. I don't think Ole Miss fans appreciate how talented he is. Hey, Dead River Captain, I don't think that Ole Miss fans appreciate how talented Matt Corral really is. I, I can do one more if you'd like. I told him to uh, unfollow and unsubscribe, and the follow part did not happen mm. yet. So, anyway. Uh, we appreciate kid, you sticking through all this, then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm so sorry that I repeatedly told you how special your quarterback is, who, by the way, is now number one in Heisman odds. Yep. All the way down from, what was it, 2,000 to 1 starting the season? You could have gotten him at the end of last year, like really, really early on, like in January at plus 5,000. We have a listener of the radio show that has a $100 uh, Matt Crowell ticket at plus 5,000. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you want to be friends ahead of, uh, you know, ahead of this December, give me a call. We'll hang out and, you know. And depending on the sometime. service, he might be able to get a buyout of that. So, like, if he's... Like top two or three, some places will mm. buy that ticket back from you. So for like two thousand dollars, they'll buy a f- potentially fifty five hundred dollar ticket. That's right. what I would do. I would hedge. Yeah, just go ahead and cash just, out. Just go ahead and cash it's like out. Make sure the pot in fantasy football. A friend of mine, like he did that a couple years ago, and before the championship game, he was like, well, "Whatever happens, let's just split it." So it's kind of like yeah. that situation. Um, so I will be repetitive. Dead River Captain Matt Corral is special, and what is most unique. I say it's unique. It's not exactly unique, but unique to him so far is he still has not really taken something from the defense that wasn't there. And that's the biggest thing for him moving forward. Because even last year in his great games, there were times where he threw footballs into places that it didn't really belong. And he hasn't done that yet. Yes, it's Louisville, Austin P, and Tulane. Competition level is going to get much more difficult. But if he continues to do that, this offense has enough weapons. It's schemed well enough to where he won't have to do that much. And if he continues to approach the game the way he has in the first three weeks, starting with Alabama and moving forward, he will be what everybody was hoping he would be. He will be a first-round pick. He's the best draft-eligible quarterback in college football. He is. Absolutely. He's better than Rattler. I will die on that hill. Anybody that picks Rattler ahead of him is making a huge mistake. They're doing it based on Lincoln Riley and Rattler's size. I think those are the two things that right now people that haven't watched Matt Corral really play this season. And, you know, it is what it is at this point of the season. People haven't seen him against SEC opponents but people will always default back to the Oklahoma quarterback right, right now. And we have a sample size uh, that shows that it's not just Tulane, Austin P, and Louisville that that he can beat up on. It's uh, We've seen it against last year's national champion, right. last year's SEC East champion. I mean, we've seen it. He's just having that kind of a year. And um, if he continues to just take what the defense gives him and play within himself like he has, all of those things are going to come true. And and we saw it on Saturday night. It's just Tulane, but even in a monsoon, uh, apparently 
during the rain delay, there were guys watching the Alabama-Florida game, people being loud, goofing off, and he separately went to the defense and the offense and chewed them out and said, you are not focused enough for this. Who cares what's going on somewhere else? Lock into our game. So he's taking on that kind of mentality, and you see it in his play. That's the leadership part of it. I'm glad you brought that up. That's something that I think we've seen from him throughout the entire season so far, and it really started with Lane Kiffin not being on the sidelines for the Louisville game. Mm-hmm. You saw him individually going over to offensive linemen, you know, running backs, wide receivers, all throughout that game. Not to say that he hasn't always, but I think he took on much more of that responsibility on his shoulders. And then Lane Kiffin talked about how during the Austin P game, you know, Corral kind of yelled at him because of an audible that they made that ended mm-hmm. with a sack. Those kind of steps forward are why you have so much confidence in him when they do face better defenses. Yeah, and Kiffin liked that, by the way. When uh, when his quarterback was mad that he checked out of a play that, that Corral liked, Kiffin loved it. Yep. Um, you don't get to yell at your head coach very often and have him be happy about it. Right. So and they it's just a very have, unique relationship that I think they have. Yeah, and uh, just another just another great night for that offense. They they could have put up a hundred if they wanted to. They they probably could have. I loved the play call after Tulane tried that onside kick. Yep. Oh, they I went loved for it. it. I mean, Ole Miss was in control, and then that was almost like a you know, there's a fly buzzing around your head, and you swat at it a little bit, but you don't really pay much attention to it. You just get it out of your face, mm-hmm. and finally, it landed on you. So you get a fly swatter and smack it. That's what that play call was. <laughs> Tulane was a fly buzzing around Ole Miss's head, and Lane Kiffin didn't really care, didn't really care. Then they do that onside kick. Yep, you poke the bear. In he, that they instance. poked the bear, and the bear woke up. <laughs> that was a, forgive, I'm not going to say the word, but forgive my language if you have kids listening to this. That was an F-U play call from Kiffin or, or Levy, whoever dialed up that deep ball. After the onside kick, that was, wait, are you serious? All right bury them, deep ball touchdown, and that was that was the end of the game right yep. there. After that onside kick and Ole Miss recovered, Miles Battle recovered, great heads-up play on his part. I would love to know who called that play because that was, that was middle fingers up. Oh, you want to do this? Okay, <laughs> we'll do this, and then bury you play call, and I loved it. Yeah, at what? It was 26-14 at that point. You know, Tulane scores, and at that moment you think, is this going to be one of those kind of back and forth, they yeah. score, Ole Miss scores kind of situation? And when you take that shot, you demoralize Tulane, a team that thinks yeah. we have the opportunity to stick around in this game. Not after that, you don't. No. And then in the second half, the way the defense played to shut them out for the second half, offense came out, of course, with their heads on fire and scored right away. I. And the second half is when Tulane kind of made their way back against Oklahoma. Yeah. Credit to the Ole Miss defense, they didn't allow that to happen. They did not. So, uh, real quick, just rushing numbers, and we'll we'll look at the other side. Ely had 103 yards on 15 carries. That's just under seven per carry. Uh, He was a little banged up, and clearly... He's all right. (laughs) Yeah, you mentioned that last week. I was a little worried about what that may mean for him in this game, especially with the rain. I didn't think you'd see him as much, and turns out I was dead wrong again because this is the most he's been featured this season. He did this little move in the open field where a two-lane defensive back was clearly going for his legs, and he didn't, like, 
sidestep him. He just like got his feet in the air and then moved them aside and then brought them like back underneath him. It's like he floated for a second. Yes, it I mean that was odd. what was that? That was awesome. That's uh, that's why we're sitting here recording a yeah. podcast about Ole Miss football and he's out there. I, just, I don't even understand how that's possible. Like the physics behind that move, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe. I was like, what the hell was that? That was incredible. Like, is he a ghost or something? <laughs> Uh, so obviously he's very healthy. Parrish ha- added 66 himself on 7.3 per carry. Uh, Connor got nine carries in the game, 42 yards, and then it just kind of drops off after that. Mingo had a big game. He's looking more comfortable. He had a couple drops, but it looked like it, they were rainballs more than anything else. Uh, he had 136 yards receiving on 22.7 per and a touchdown. Braylon Sanders had a touchdown himself. Uh, that you know deep ball bomb to. Basically, in the game yeah. was uh, was Sanders. Uh, Drummond added fifty five himself on eleven per. Henry Parrish uh, caught. Uh, it was a, a nice long pass. He looks comfortable receiving the football. They're going to use their backs in that way a lot more as well. So, speaking of with how talented the running back room is, I'm pretty sure it was Kentrell Bullock that forced the fumble on a Tulane kick return. So. Your running backs are talented in space. Yeah. They're talented catching the ball of the backfield, and they're able to cause fumbles on kickoff coverage. The other side, Ole Miss gives up 21 points to a really talented Tulane offense all in the first half. Um, not to diminish you know, Tulane's ability to score in the first, but one of those touchdowns came after a wet ball fumble that gave Tulane perfect field position. Another one of those touchdowns came after what should have been an interception, ball right in hands, Tulane scored on a pick play that also should have been flagged itself. So, Which was flagged in the second half. I, I think yeah. Kiffin or someone said something to the officials of, watch this play, they're going to try it again. And yeah. sure enough, they did. It was, uh, it, it, so yes, you know, you give up points, you fumble the football, it's on you still. Um, Tulane really struggled uh, against Ole Miss offensively. Uh, Pratt, who I told you, you know, Pretty good quarterback, not the best you'll see, not definitely not the worst at all. Uh, just 166 yards through the air, did have a couple of touchdowns. Tulane averaged 3.7 per carry on the ground. Ole Miss blanked them in the second half. Um, this is another example of improvement from that defense. Last year's Ole Miss defense would have gotten lit in the hell up by this Tulane team, and they blank them in the second half. Uh, they are clearly better. We're going to get a, a better gauge of how much. Alabama, to me, should not be a measuring stick for this defense. It's not fair in year two, considering how talent deficient they were when Kiffin took over, to say if Alabama scores a bunch of points, they're not any better. I, I think that's awful, and you shouldn't do that. They clearly are, and Saturday's result and the way they played was a shining example of how improved they are on that side of the ball. Yeah, I think it has to be because Alabama's going, they're going to score on every one that they play, and they'll score on the Ole Miss defense. I guarantee that's one prediction that I will not get wrong. Alabama will put up points next Saturday. But this same Ole Miss defense last year would have given up points to Tulane, to Austin P, and to Louisville. So I think we've already seen enough from this Ole Miss defense to say that they are improved. How much, that'll really be decided in conference play. But I feel much more confident you know, saying that they will show that sign of improvement than I would have at the beginning of the season because mm-hmm. we hadn't seen any proof yet. Yeah, Chance Campbell was really good in the game. You know, That's not surprising at all. They played a bunch of guys, especially in the second half. I mean, guys like uh, 
Jalen Cunningham got in the game playing defensive line. Uh, Demon Clowney played some. Uh, Jamon Gordon, uh, who hasn't played much in the early going, so they played a lot of guys in the in the especially in the second half when they blanked Tulane. Yeah, that's when they were rotating too. the most. When and when we've talked about depth being a potential concern when when the second unit goes out there and shows that they can, you know, perform well against maybe a lesser opponent, but that still gives you more confidence moving forward if some of those guys have to rotate in earlier in a game. No no doubt. Just what did we say on Wednesday? Uh, we it's just a really good win. Yeah. And now everything is in front of this team. I mean, they're getting national exposure. Uh, they're going to be the two thirty kickoff against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Uh, very likely, College Game Day is going to be there. I know that's not the production it used to be. Like you know, people aren't as locked in. That's still millions of people. Millions of people. It is. Uh, we'll be watching in two weeks a broadcast that talks about Ole Miss. And a bunch of Ole Miss, and a bunch of Ole Miss, and Lane Kiffin and the offense, and Matt Corral, and they'll probably interview Lane Kiffin, and they'll talk about he played Nick Say It would just be a three-hour billboard, yes, in Tuscaloosa. It'd be much better if it was in Oxford. However, when you are featured on College Game Day, there's a few million people that get a three-hour billboard of your program, even if you're on the road. So that's a big deal. You Every- think they'll, they'd still go even if it's the CBS game? Or it is the CBS game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do that. I'm looking at the schedule right now. So far, the only other one that would be a big matchup that weekend would be Cincinnati at Notre Dame, which is on NBC. So ESPN wouldn't get the game either way. And Ole Miss-Alabama is right. a much better game than that would be. Or Michigan-Wisconsin. And putting but, Arkansas and Georgia at noon Eastern tells me that they don't anticipate sending game day there either. No. I guess that'll be SEC Nation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I it's got to be that based on the schedule, looking at it now. So they're in position now. I, I will, and we'll talk about this more later on. I don't think Alabama's the best measuring stick. Like, there are going to be people, I promise you, that if Ole Miss loses to Alabama, we'll say, well, they're not as good as we thought they were, or Corral's not as good as we thought, because a team that is talent efficient compared to Alabama didn't go on the road and beat Alabama. You're going to get that. It's not a measuring stick. This, to me, is a free shot. You have no pressure. There's no pressure on Ole Miss in Tuscaloosa in 12 days. None. Zero. Nobody's going to expect you to win. Nobody. It's a free shot where they've got an extra week to to add some wrinkles into the offense because you know they're going to do that because they do that every week. They're going to have a great plan. This is a free shot. For you, it's a it's a completely free shot. I am honestly thrilled to see what Kiffin and Levy draw up for Alabama because we saw on Saturday Alabama's human. They are very human. Yep, they are very beatable. I think that I I'll disagree a little bit. I think there's a, some pressure on Matt Corral. I think oh yeah, this he can't is, have six picks or anything. No, this is his first true chance to show the people that only watched the Arkansas game or the LSU game from a season ago, that he is a different quarterback from a year ago. So I think he's got a little bit of pressure on his shoulders, nothing that he can't handle, Yeah, certainly. But they'll be ready, I think, and, and they're facing a team that they have a chance to beat. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm going to pick Ole Miss to win the game, 
but they were in a game against the national champions last year uh, with a defense that was significantly worse than the one that we've seen this year, and they'll be ready for the challenge. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those games now that I'm ready to kind of speed time up to go ahead and get there because it's going to be a great one. Yeah, I cannot wait. So we'll talk about that game a lot, obviously. And unfortunately for Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin doesn't want the bye week right now. He's there playing too well. Doesn't want to stop. And also, uh, it's not like Alabama is going to be tested on Saturday. It's uh, with all due respect to Will Hall, Southern Miss presents zero challenge whatsoever. To Gotten Alabama. off to a, a rough start, and I know it's a new coach and a new program and a new culture that you're trying to implement, but it has not been a great start so far. No, no, it'll feel like the Mercer game yep. for for Alabama. So at uh, least they have to play. Yeah, but one quick thing: if there are Southern Miss fans listening to this, Will Hall needs to to chill with the self deprecation a little bit. Yeah, I know that like that's you're kind of supposed to do that, and I need to be better. We need to be better. We can fix things. But hearing him say, like, I'm coaching for my life, I was the worst coach out there, that's a little much. So a chance to to now have to go play Alabama. I love the way you worded that. A chance to now have to go play Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Doesn't quite, uh, you know, set up well for for him. And you know Nick's going to be good and pissed off. Absolutely. uh, But Alabama's vulnerable. That was not any kind of a fluke. Alabama's vulnerable. Very very vulnerable. So we'll see. And in 12 Florida days. able to rush for, it was, what, over 300 yards or approaching and Emory it? Jones was fine, but it's not like, it's not like Corral can't do what Jones no. did. And this is, people have touted this Alabama defense. I feel like they say this every year. Nick Saban's most talented defense at Alabama, which They got that one dead wrong. Yeah. I, I, th- I, I don't think that's the case now after seeing them for a couple weeks here. Florida able to fight their way back into this game or into the game on Saturday. We talked about how talented Ole Miss's running backs are. I think they'll be able to find success. Corral, I think, can find success against anyone. You know, you mentioned, or I mentioned, the LSU game from a year ago. He had five picks. He also had, I think, five touchdowns and almost 400 yards. So, again, eliminate the turnovers in these big games, and, and Ole Miss has a shot against anyone in the country. That's right. We'll talk a lot more about that as uh, the next 12 days go on, and Get you ready for Ole Miss and Alabama. But a big win. Re- not big win. A good win. There's a difference. Uh, really good, good win over a solid two-lane team with adverse circumstances. But their approach, it's its different. That's what I keep telling you guys. It's different under this coaching staff, no doubt. And you saw that on Saturday. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.